Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Do you like sports? Cause we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Shack. Sports Shack. It's Sports Shack. Welcome to episode 334 of the Sports Yak Podcast. You mean the Joe B. Hall episode? Joe B. Hall. Joe B. Hall was a coach at Kentucky after Adolf Rupp. Uh, had a terrific basketball program, including a national champion in 1978. Did he cheat? Probably. Did he win? Yes. How many games? 334. And that's how Joe B. Hall is honored in today's sports yet. Did he cheat? Probably. <laughs> Where'd that come from? Oh, please. In the SEC, at a school like Kentucky, if you don't think that there might have been some money going under the table to some folks, I have the feeling there was. All right. Now, that's no offense to any of the Kentucky grads out there, but I'm I'm not saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the way! It is! It's good! Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer, this one will be relived, Chuck Freebie. Forever! Well, uh, we've got a lengthy list to blow through here. Let's start with NIL rules by the NC2A. What do you think of this whole name, image, and likeness thing that has been all over the news the last couple of days? A lot like an onion. Many, mm-hmm. many layers. Yeah. Uh, so basically, college athletes, while they can't be paid to play, they can be sponsored by... For instance, Bo Nix, who is the quarterback at Auburn, got himself a sponsorship from a sweet tea company. His family has drank this particular brand of sweet tea for years. This has already happened. And he has already received a sponsorship from them and put out 
things online where he talks about drinking the sweet tea and like a, almost like a mini commercial. So you can do that. Uh, many of the Nerd Aim athletes, I would say probably a couple dozen now, have signed up with a place called Yoke Gaming. So if you want to go online and play a like a video game against a college athlete of your choice, you can do that. And that's how they'll make money. Or a subscription or, or a fee. Yes. One wonders if there were people in the waiting that'll move to South Bend or in the big city of New York and become an agent for these players to now maneuver these deals. Well, I don't see a 1920-year-old a, a maneuvering a deal with the sweet tea, for example. And here are a lot of the questions that are opened up because the rules on this are still very vague. So can you have an agent for this, but not necessarily an agent that gets you a football contract? Hmm. Because that was the rule for years is if you sign with an agent, you're done in college sports. Well, this is going to be a lot for a college student to navigate studies, playing the sport, and then trying to negotiate sponsorship opportunities. Some of them have already gone out and created logos for themselves. I mean, it's all about self-branding, but here's the thing. If you play in a team sport, how much time can you spend on self-branding and yourself and still be a good teammate? Now, I realize it's done at the professional level a lot, but you're dealing with a little bit older person. You're dealing with some, and as you mentioned, you have a business manager or you have an agent or somebody that kind of handles these things and presents them to you. Is this going to be your Uncle Joe doing this? Are you actually going to have somebody that's a professional that knows how to do this? There are all kinds of questions that come up. Mm -hmm. I really think there are going to be three buckets of people, three buckets of athletes that you're going to see come out of this. You're going to see, and I'm going to use Trevor Lawrence as an example. I realize he's been drafted in the NFL, but like a big-name sports athlete. Okay. Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush. Uh, you wanna, if you want to go local, think Skylar Diggins when she was in school. How big she was. Ruth Riley. Yeah. How and Name, you, you immediately see the person. And they have a big social media following. Okay. Okay. Those people are going to make good money. They're going to make good money. Then you're going to see this next level, maybe the these people who are with Yoke Gaming or uh, the Bo Nixes of the world or people like that, they'll do okay. They'll make something. Might be more than I think. Might be less. They'll, they'll do okay. And then I think you're going to have a, a large pool of athletes who are going to be, uh, hey, thanks to the uh, pizzeria in my hometown, you know who I think of in that? Uh, bon Jovi's son. Mm -hmm. That type of, there's a name. Right. But, you know, there's there's a there's a little bit of an interest of, oh, his kid goes to Notre Dame? Right. Where he could benefit a little bit if the cards were played right. 
And to their credit, there are recent graduate student athletes, guys like Brandon Wimbush or Mick Asaf from Notre Dame, who have kind of created, they have seen the handwriting on the wall. They see this coming, and they've tried to create platforms for these student athletes to benefit from. So we'll see how it all sorts out. It's kind of the wild, wild west. A phrase that I echo frequently for my children is abuse leads to restriction. And as we see this develop and as we see abuse happen, for instance, some of the things that have been brought up even in the first 48 hours of this, Graham Mertz is the quarterback at Wisconsin. Okay. He came out with his own logo, except it looked a lot like a logo from an actual company that exists. So when do copyright infringements come in? Okay. Uh, let's say an athlete wants to use video of themselves to promote themselves. Well, if you're a Notre Dame football player and you use video from the NBC broadcast, is that allowed? Or do you have to pay NBC a licensing fee? That's an onion. Woo! I'm telling you, there's a lot to sort out in this. Now, what I don't, what I can't fathom are those people who are saying, well, this this shouldn't have changed. You know, they should have just kept it the way it was. Look, the restrictions that have been placed on student-athletes over the years and what they can and cannot do to make money have just been ludicrous. So, and and I think we've used this example before, too. Notre Dame sells a lot of football jerseys in the bookstore. If you wore a number 10 like Brady Quinn, and they're selling a number 10 jersey, why shouldn't you get a piece of that? Because mm-hmm. they're not selling a number 10 jersey just by happenstance. There's a reason they decide to sell number 10 rather than number 1 or number 4 or whatever. Why shouldn't you get part of the cut on that? But the question will be, and you going back to your analysis of the onion, which is a really good one, how how far back does that go? So when you sell number three, does Joe Montana get a part of that? Does Paul Horning, uh, the estate, get a, a... A part of a number five? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. These are all things that are going to have to be sorted out in the wild, wild west of this NIL legislation. And, and part of the problem right now is you have some states that have legislation in place. You have other states that don't. The NCA kind of came out with these rather vague rules. I'm not one to say that I've never been one that likes a ton of government intervention, but I think in, in this case, Congress is going to have to step up and say, here's here's the rules. Mm-hmm. Because you've got every state that's going to be doing their own thing, and you're going to wind up with some recruiting advantages where am I allowed to make more money or do different things in Florida than I am in Indiana? I don't know. If I was Notre Dame... I would put together a staff of sponsorship business managers. And when the incoming athlete comes, they meet with them. And here are, because it's a work in progress, this is all new to us, here are five different deals. Because we want to make sure you are the best student athlete you can be, 
But if you've got these opportunities, they're going to need to be handled. Well, this is going to be a part of every coach's recruiting pitch. I mean, Tom Allen down at IU. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about this. The night before this comes out, comes out with like a little two-minute video on Twitter talking about, hey, we've seen this coming. We've got some things in place. This is the place to come. We're going to help you with this and this. Compliance departments at universities, I hope they're all on summer vacation because if not, you got to be tearing your hair out right now (laughs) trying to figure out, okay, what's all right and what isn't. Because I guarantee you somewhere down the road, somebody is going to have a misstep that's going to cause them domino effect of everybody. Yeah. Problems. Mm -hmm. Here's the other thing. Okay. The NCAA continues to say you can't get paid to play. Kyle Hamilton, Notre Dame cannot pay you to play football. But if Kyle Hamilton is famous because of football and somebody is paying him a sponsorship opportunity, what's to say some booster doesn't come along and say, hey, Kyle, here's 10000 for signing autographs at my car dealership. Mm-hmm. Perfectly legitimate under NIL because Kyle is getting paid as an individual for his name, image, and likeness. But would Kyle really be paid as an individual for his name, image, and likeness if he wasn't playing football? How about this? Who, who's going to be our quarterback this fall? Jack Cohn will be the starting quarterback at Notre Dame. I assume that's what you're talking about. And the current uh, team sponsor of like jerseys and shoes. Under Armour. Nike comes to town opening up a new Nike store. We want quarterback to come over and we'll give him this amount of money for him to do this. Does that does that make Under Armour go, hang on a minute? Of course it does. Oh no, there's this is the wild, wild west has come to college sports, and that's why I think between this, the pandemic, and the changes in the college football playoff, the twenty twenties will be the most revolutionary decade for college sports that you'll see. You may see some college sports programs fold. You may see a separation between the Power Five and the rest of Division One in terms of football because clearly with something like this, the haves are only going to get richer and the have-nots are only going to get poorer. Not to pick on Ball State, because they just signed their football coach to a new contract yesterday. Mike New's done an incredible job down there. But how does Ball State compete with Indiana, Purdue, and Notre Dame in the same state for athletes? Mm. With all of the sponsorship opportunities that are out there. And, And it's interesting to see different athletes at different levels. I've seen a West Virginia football player who has a talent for singing say, hey, you can sign me in your clubs now to come sing. Wow. Really? Yeah. I've seen Xander Horvath, the young man from Marion, who's a gifted artist. You should meet him. Hmm. Uh, He is a gifted artist. Would you like commissioned work? I can sell these. He loves to paint cars. He loves to paint wow uh, things like that. I somebody suggested that like an IndyCar team should sign him to like do the design the car, design the 
Special paint job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. But, again, for these athletes, it's a balancing act. How do you balance, okay, now I've got all these opportunities and this is how I make money with, wait a minute, i got to play my sport, i got to yeah. go to class. We, as the common fan, I'll speak on my behalf, have no idea how busy a student-athlete really no. is. We have no idea. We see the televised version of them on Saturdays, you know, the little highlight reel from practice this week, but the day as a whole. And now we're going to slide in, hey, you got a, you got a two-hour Zoom with uh, this conference over here that is giving you 20000 to do this, and you've got to... You got to go over to Meyer on Grape Road for right the grand opening of the new uh, you know pharmacy and mm, learn to say no. <laughs> well, but if somebody's waving twenty k out there for you, yeah, as you said, then yeah, these walk-ons that become something amazing could pay for their education that they've got to pay for themselves. Well, for instance, I know a couple of the walk-ons at Nerdane are teaming with a couple of the scholarship guys to do a podcast to try to take you inside what their world is like and what goes on and things like that. And then here comes podcast sponsorship. Right, and that's exactly what they're looking for. They're looking for podcast sponsorships. Okay, still takes time to do the podcast, as we know. Yeah. Still takes time to go out there and get sponsors. You're going to have to hire a producer and an editor. You're going to have to do that. So it just, I think it's a mind-blowing time in college athletics. And for fans like you or for media like me, I think to a certain extent you just got to sit back and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And see how this all sorts itself out. And then run commentary on your own podcast about it, much (laughs) like we're doing right now. It did help fill the first 10 minutes. And by 10, you meant 15. Yes. It's high quality stuff. People are going to be talking about this for a while. Absolutely. New Plymouth coach. Tell me about this guy. So Joel Grindle, 1999 Plymouth grad, was a good ball player, went to Bethel, played for Mike Lightfoot, has done some coaching in the area, was a head coach at Argus. I think he spent about six seasons at North Montgomery. Some people thought, well, maybe he's past that season of his life because he was involved in administration now at Tippecanoe Valley. But the Plymouth coaching job opened up when Ryan Bales left to become the athletic director at Northridge. And Bales had been at Plymouth, I want to say, 11 or 12 years. It's not a job that opens up very often. And when dear old alma mater is there, and you're close by, sitting there at Tippecanoe Valley, I think it was... Too lucrative an opportunity for Joel Grindle. He wants to try to rebuild the pride in Pilgrim basketball, which Plymouth basketball has been one of the premier programs in the area for a long time. Of course, they win the state title in 82 with Scott Skiles. Jack Edison takes another team to the state finals in 2005. Perennial power. But obviously the last two years have been really difficult, not only for Plymouth boys basketball, but I think for Plymouth boys sports in general. So now Joel Grindle's going to go in and try to rekindle the fire at Plymouth. And to the best of my knowledge, this is the last of the coaching carousel turns this summer. Westview 
Some people might say that's still in question because Rob Yoder has the title of interim coach. But, Corey, we're past July 1st, and typically school contracts end June 30th, start July 1st. Okay. I think it's going to be tough for Westview to go find a replacement right now for Ed Bentley, at least a permanent replacement. It wouldn't surprise me at all. And I know Rob Yoder's been quoted in newspapers as saying he doesn't know when his interim status will end. He just knows that he's running the summer program right now. And Rob Yoder has made it very clear he wants to be able to watch his son Charlie play college basketball at Incarnate Word. But I think Rob Yoder will probably wind up coaching Westview this coming boys basketball season while they go and find a successor. Plymouth, boy, it's a rare thing for Plymouth. They had to find a boys and girls coach in the same season. They've done that. Hopefully Michael Delp can enjoy the rest of his summer as the Plymouth AD because come August, about the 1st of August, we start high school football. Let's talk NBA playoffs. Milwaukee Bucks superstar on the sideline last night, but... So Giannis is out uh, last night, at least. They knew he wasn't going to play. And you would think, oh, man, what a devastating blow for the Bucks. They've lost their best player. Of course, Atlanta had lost its best player in Trey Young for game four, and they won at home. And the Bucks were playing at home last night. And sure enough, Brooke Lopez who has been a frontline player for the Bucks all season long, but lives in the shadow of Giannis Antetokounmpo, Brooke Lopez steps up and has himself a game for the ages. 33 points, 7 rebounds. The Bucks did whatever they wanted in the paint. Nate McMillan, the Atlanta coach, says, I don't know where our defense was, but it wasn't playing last night. And Milwaukee wins a 123-112 to keep home court advantage. As game six of this series goes down to Atlanta, um, I honestly thought the Bucks would win this series rather easily. Atlanta has put up much more of a fight than I thought they would. And so the winner of this series plays Monty Williams and the Phoenix Suns in the NBA Finals. What a story Monty has been. We've gone over that before on the act. What a story for this Phoenix team to go to the NBA Finals for the first time since the days of Charles Barkley playing against Michael Jordan. <laughs> uh, so you have to go back to the 1990s for the last time Phoenix was in the NBA Finals. And it'll be interesting. I think Phoenix with Chris Paul and a chance to rest before the NBA Finals will be the favorite for the NBA Finals no matter who wins in the East. But it would be very interesting to see a Phoenix-Milwaukee series, not just for the Notre Dame connection that we've noted before, Monty Williams for the Suns, Pat Connaughton for the Bucks, but to see kind of the clash between the inside and outside games. You've got Chris Paul and Devin Booker, kind of this dynamic backcourt for Phoenix. Not that Milwaukee's got a bad backcourt with Holiday and Middleton, but most of the focus on goes to Milwaukee's frontcourt guy, I just like that there's two different names than what we've been used to as, as seasons change. It's not LeBron. It's not Steph. Yeah. It's it's something different. Who would have thought months ago? We'll see what that Bucks does for the Suns? ratings of the NBA. Right. You know, they're playing a finals in July for the first time. We'll see what happens with that. But uh, it it's interesting to kind of keep an eye on from afar. I have to admit, I haven't watched any of the playoff games the pick and roll 
is basically the offense of the NBA. And honestly, once you've seen it a couple of times, it's like, what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. And then you said game six is on Saturday? For the Bucks hawks series, All yes. Right. Thank you. Let's segue into baseball. <laughs> Your notes. Oh. Well, remember last week when the Cubs were good? And apparently it's changed. It, well, <laughs> I, I have to admit, and I thought about this this morning as I was getting ready to come in here. I, It's tough for me to be real objective about Cubs baseball. I am a Cubs fan. Yes. And that's been my life since 1970. I've been a Cubs fan. So my mood changes not only day to day, but often half inning to half inning. And Wednesday was a perfect example. Afternoon game, they've lost five in a row. They have Jake Arietta on the mound, who my buddy Bill texted me before the game. Boy, this is a big start for Arietta. If he if he spits the bit in this one, you wonder how long they can stick with him. I said, I agree. And the Cubs are facing this kid making his major league debut, and they score seven in the first half inning. And ordinarily, you'd sit there and say, Ball game over. Let me go do my other activities. Let me get some work done. And I thought, well, let's let's see how Jake Arietta does. Because if you have just if you've left the planet for five years, this is not the Jake Arietta of the 2015 and 2016 Cubs seasons. Jake Arietta has been inconsistent this year at best for the Cubs. At worst, he's driving the struggle bus. And in the first inning, he's walking people. He gets a key strikeout. It's 7-1. to one. You think, all right, well, he struggled in the first inning all year. Maybe he's past this. Au contraire, my frere, because Jake Arrieta, by the time he leaves the game, it's 7-6. There's two runners on, and the Cubs go and get Rex Brothers out of the bullpen. And here's the problem, kids. It's the second inning. <laughs> and this has been wow. an ongoing problem for the Cubs, and we've talked and talked and talked about how good this bullpen has done. Well, this bullpen is overworked right now, and it's showing because Rex Brothers had nothing, Tommy Nance had nothing, and the Brewers scored 15 consecutive runs and won 15-7. to seven. Milwaukee has won eight in a row. The Cubs have lost six in a row. And here's the problem. They're in the same division. So the Cubs find themselves this morning six games out of first place in the National League Central. And whereas two weeks ago I would have thought, okay, go out, make some trades, get yourself a starting pitcher so that you can get into the playoffs and see what happens. Right now, my mindset would be sell, sell, sell. And we've talked about this on the show before, Corey. Okay, who do you get rid of? Who do you keep? Mm -hmm. I think you and I both agree that Anthony Rizzo is the one guy you make sure you keep. He is is the modern-day equivalent of Ernie Banks. He is Mr. Cub. And other than that, Chris Bryant, who had a buck 20 in the month of June, Javi Baez, how many times can we watch him swing and miss at a breaking ball? I I think anybody else on the team is up for grabs. 
And poor David Ross. Do you play euchre? I don't. Okay. I mean, I'm going to use a euchre analogy. Okay. In euchre, the uh, the jack you have a trump suit. So let's say spades is the trump suit. The jack of spades is the most powerful card, and then the jack of clubs, the other dark jack, is the next most powerful card, and then it's ace of spades on down. And outside of those two jacks, it's like a normal game. So like it, an ace is the most powerful. King, queen, jack. David Ross is sitting there playing euchre with tens and nines and no trump right now. I mean, as the manager of the Cubs, he's sitting there. Rizzo's hurt. Bryant's hurt. Bodie's hurt. Nico Horner's hurt. You're out there piecemealing this line. Tyler Gushu comes in and plays first base the other day when Patrick Wisdom gets hurt. You've, we've all heard of Tyler Gushu coming up <laughs> through the ranks, haven't we? <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, you're you're throwing starting pitchers out there that nobody's ever heard of before. You've got this bullpen that's just the arms are look like they're dislocated as they come in from the pen because they've been used so much. And this is the hand that David Ross has been asked to play. And God bless him, he he's being positive. But somebody asked him after the game. Well, well, are you going to replace Arietta in the starting rotation? And Rossi, in a moment of great candor and exasperation, said, with whom? <laughs> because there's nothing left. I'm sorry, Cubs fans. Here we've hit July 2nd, and it's bringing on football. Yeah. Now, it's a different story on the south side. They've How been so? banged up, too. They've had 10 different outfielders on the south side of Chicago this year for the White Sox. And yet Tony LaRusso, for all his foibles, for all his faults, for being this doddering old man that walks out to the mound in a uniform and couldn't look any more out of place. Tony, go back, to, be like Connie Mack and just wear the suit in the dugout, okay? Because you in a uniform just doesn't look right. But that all said, the White Sox are sitting pretty in the American League Central right now, four and a half in front of Cleveland after sweeping Minnesota. They're getting great play out of guys like Billy Hamilton, one-time Cub. Jose Abreu having a great season at first base. Uh, they're getting outstanding starting pitching for the most part. And the White Sox have it going on in the American League. Now, do I think the White Sox are headed to the World Series? They could. I, I don't know that they will, but they could. They had that stumbling block a couple of weeks ago where they had had a terrible road trip. And then they came home, and they're playing at home, and it's all been golden right now for the White Sox. They're they're playing well. What else you got? Were you going to mention Tigers? Uh, the Tigers swept a doubleheader from Cleveland. That helped the White Sox the other day. And, and the key point that we keep making, I think A.J. Hinch, their manager, has done a nice job with this team. And that mix that he has with the veterans like Miguel Cabrera, who hit career homer 494 the other night, and the young players they have on this team, make the Tigers at least worth keeping an eye on. I'm not saying that they're good. They're not good yet. But you can certainly see signs of improvement. And I guess to have a little bit of hope and promise in Detroit these days is better than what they've had the last few years. 
touch on tennis and we'll wrap it up. Serena Williams out at Wimbledon after she hurt her leg slipping on the court. The courts have been unusually slippery, it seems. There have been a number of injuries and delays. The men's tournament continues to look like Novak Djokovic's to lose. He is the number one seed, and he's been very dominant throughout. Roger Federer's playing well, but let's face it, Roger's towards the twilight of his career, and I don't think he has the power in his game that he once did. But at least that's what's going on on the men's side, because on the women's side, okay, you take away Serena, you take away Halep, you take away Naomi Osaka, and you've really lost the star power on the women's side. There's two women's players that I find interesting to watch who are left in the field, and that's Ashley Barty, who's the number one seed, and Coco Goff. And the reason I like watching Coco Goff is because she's a young player. She's kind of the promise of the future. And because I like to say Coco Goff. <laughs> you do. And so Coco. That's, that's Wimbledon in a nutshell. Boy, you, you think of what tennis once was when we were kids, Corey. And I don't mean to make this program sound like, Back in my day. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is the men's tennis game back in the 70s and 80s had, I don't know, five or ten players who you sat there and said, wow, they're big names and they could win. And outside of Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic, I challenge most people to name me five other men's tennis players hmm. who are worth watching yeah i mean rafael nadal on a clay court sure Danili medvedev up and coming russian he can be entertaining uh, i know our buddy tim down the hall is a big tennis fan and he would sit there and probably say but most of the names just don't move the needle for me they don't they, don't. they would not be getting my nil money as a sponsor <laughs> but only if you would hold this racket yes <laughs> Uh, quick update, Sports Yak Twitter, the one-hit wonder. Uh, as of today, Seasons in the Sun, stepping on the head of bald Daniel Powder with Bad Day. Figured it would. Come on, Eileen, victorious. Play that funky music, victorious over Don't Worry, Be Happy. I, uh, I, I don't I was know. a little surprised by the margin on that one. Uh, yeah, it's... It, I thought that one would be closer. The other one that I thought would not be close and was is if you go back to, I think it was Monday, and don't you forget about me barely eking out a win over the Archies and Sugar Sugar. Sugar, sugar. yeah. Oof. Dangerously close. Afternoon Delight, a winner. Juggernaut. <laughs> in my mind. Juggernaut. In my mind, the current number one seed out there. Yeah? Yeah. All right. But we'll see. We're in the uh, round of 16 right now. By the time that we get through uh, the end of next week, we'll be into the quarterfinal matchups. Chuck, I personally do not have underrated, overrated. I do. You do? Yes. I'm ready. You were listening to a little bit of this music <laughs> this morning in the studio. I throw at you the talents of Mr. Michael McDonald. <sighs> Boy. Can you name... Five songs. I can't. Five albums or five songs. But I do know that there was a period of time 
in the 80s that it seemed like he was on every song that was coming out. Yes. Or helped write some massive songs. Right. I keep forgetting. What a Fool Believes. That's Doobie Brothers. But, but he wrote it, it. It, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the song it is without him. Right. Um, there's two. <laughs> yeah. Man, I saw him at a Christmas show, too. He was so good. So good. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go slightly underrated. I really? Think, I think people point the finger at him too much and make it comedic with the, he's good. He's a quality doobie brother. I, which I think he's touring with again, solo artist. I'd say slightly underrated. People should revisit his music more often. I liked him with the Doobie Brothers. In his solo career, I found him highly annoying. <laughs> you did. You yes. didn't like those songs? No. Oh and, wow! And so I'm going to give you the <laughs> overrated. <laughs> Overrated. Tough crowd. Tough and I, crowd. And I hate to do that to one of the Doobie Brothers because I do like them. They are a guilty pleasure of mine. Yeah. Favorite actor, Doobie actress, Brothers song? Uh, boy, they've had so many good ones. Um, Listen to the Music is probably one of my favorites. Um. Long train running. I remember being a young think, child singing to Blackwater and wondering, what am I? What am I? What are the words I'm singing here? Well, yeah, if you do it as though you're having a seizure. I don't know the words. You don't like my body movements during that? It's very much the Elaine Bennis dance. <laughs> Underrated, overrated. Uh, the Doobie Brothers? Oh, yes. Underrated. Underrated. The Doobie Brothers is a group underrated. Yeah. Hmm. What about you? Down the middle. Okay. Actor and actress. In this case, it's an actress. She's been all over the TV lately because she has her own talk show now. Drew Barrymore. Uh, <laughs> wow. Cute as a button in E.T. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, 51st States. That's a fun movie to watch with Adam Sandler. She was in Blended with two Adam Sandler. Minutes with uh, Scream, Charlie's Angels. That's a guilty pleasure uh, sequel and movie right there. The talk show is a dumpster fire behind mm-hmm. a Chinese restaurant on a hot weekend day. <laughs> Overrated. How, how do you really feel about it, though? <laughs> I just. What an opportunity to have something, and then you watch it, and like, who who thought this was going to be good? It's not good. It's like a it's like a SNL skit. She's such a character. Yeah, I I think. I mean, the pressures of coming from the Barrymore family. Yes. Uh obviously, I think did well in ET. Had a period of her life where I think she got a little bit lost. Has rebuilt herself, but I agree with you. I, I'm not sure the talk show was the best idea. No. Uh, prior to the talk show, I would have said maybe slightly underrated. Now with the talk show, I'd say maybe slightly overrated. Mm-hmm. All right. 
I think that covers it. That should get you through your 4th of July holiday weekend. We are not here Monday. That is a company holiday, as it is for most of you as well. Mm-hmm. Please enjoy the great freedoms that we have in this country. I want to look up something real quick here. I just want to put my eyes on something before we wrap up. Chuck Freebie with over 10,000 followers on at 46 Sports on Twitter. No check mark. Yeah. They... they Viewed me as unverifiable, apparently. Out of curiosity, how do you choose who you follow, 1,158? You know, I, I can't say that there's necessarily a science behind that. No parameters? No, not really. Okay. Just curious. Yeah. I I don't really have a set philosophy on that. But you do have a philosophy on what you tweet. Well, yeah. I have a philosophy on what I tweet. We start every day with the scripture. I do try to, we definitely keep it clean. There are lots of things that I find wildly entertaining that I can't retweet on our station's account. It's still tied in with the station, which is why it says 46 Sports on it. Mm -hmm. But I put my name on it so that you know that it's me. And occasionally I'll slip some personal stuff in there, but not all that often. We try to keep it upbeat, and retweets are not necessarily an endorsement. Isn't that something that you need to say? But sometimes retweets are, are things that I feel like you need to know. Sure. So that that's kind of the general philosophy is, is we try to keep it positive and upbeat. And if I know it's your birthday, if I know it's your anniversary, and you are a follower, you'll get acknowledged. All right. You can rate, review, And definitely subscribe to this podcast. Always super helpful. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga looga, Joe B. Hall. You cheated, didn't you? We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sport Check. Sport Check. Sport Check is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.